0: I decided to travel from 1980 to 82 all around the world and surfed up through Australia into Indonesia, Sri Lanka, then down to Mauritius, South Africa. And I was two years traveling and I came to a beautiful um, island reef, uh, island called Mauritius. This had a good left-hand reef break as you can see. You had to get barreled on takeoff. It was a beautiful island. I live with a local um, Creole fisherman The Bob Marley, Peter Tosh boys, don't worry, be happy, (laughs) smoke more hashish. (laughs) So their world was kind of get stoned every day, and I'd watched every Cheech and Chong movie, so we're fine. (laughs) So in those years, that was our world. I was a complete heathen, and I had no belief in God. But my life was about to be changed. One thing I used to do was dive. When the surf went down, I'd go diving, and we'd dive at night on the outer reef we would be looking for uh, lobster and crab uh, we call them crayfish at home Do you call them craze here yeah the Yaks call them lobster so and we get parrotfish and cuttlefish so this would be what we catch at night sell them to the tourist hotel and that's how we made our money and i didn't worry about the cash i just wanted to eat <laughs> so pastor's taking me out for lob <laughs> <laughs> morton bay bugs will do and so anyhow i'm diving it's the 19th of April, 1982, and my life's about to be changed. I had no idea that the ocean, which I loved, was about to deal a fatal blow to me, which I could not pr- predict or even comprehend. I swam into what um, the Australians know to be a marine stinger, a box jellyfish, um, cubanus class. Uh, this thing is so deadly, as you know, in Australia, it's got, I think, over 80 people, more than sharks. One sting from the box jellyfish. In the throat, you can be dead in minutes. On the extremities, um, you, you can live maybe eight, ten minutes, but generally it's a death certificate. Fortunately, that night I'd put petroleum jelly over my arms because I was getting eaten by sea lice and around my neck. So I did have a film of some protection. The other divers had full wetsuits on. I had a short sleeve vest and a long john. As I'm diving, I swam into them, started getting hit by them. It found like thousands of volts of electricity it was like someone was putting a branding on on your arm and holding it there. My arm went up like Popeye, like a balloon. The fishermen saw me and turned white. When you see a black man turn white, <laughs> you're in trouble, mate. They <laughs> said, pardon, c'est fini, allez, allez, vite mon, mon hospital. As they told me that I need to get to the hospital, they dragged me into the fishing boat. And as they dragged me into it, I could see my arm was blistered from the tentacles. But literally, i have been burnt underwater. The fisherman said, go, Ale, I said, come with me, Simon. He said, no motor. Let the boy take you to shore. It's too heavy. We have no engine in. I said, what can I do for my arm? He said, urinate on your arm. I peeled my wetsuit off, urinated on my arm, and, and got changed into my Balinese uh, pants and T-shirt. I'm then trying to apply manual tourniquet because we had no rope in the boat, and I can feel the poison moving into my kid- kidneys, oh, Gosh, and then down my right-hand side of my body. By the time I hit the beach at Rivière Noire, I stood up and collapsed. The poison, which is a neurotoxin, had paralyzed half of my body. The kid dragged me out of the boat up onto the main road and then panicked. He said, My brother is going to be killed by them. C'est fini for my and for my frère. I said, No, ambulance, gendarme. Anyone speak French here? So my French was in Petit Peu, but I knew that he was telling me he wanted to go back and rescue them. I said they had full wetsuits, I need an ambulance, I need a telephone. But in 1982, there were no mobile phones. Um, There was no internet. And so the kid, freaking out, runs back to the fishing boat and leaves me half dead on the side of the road. The box jellyfish is incredibly uh, powerful. It lulls people into a sense of false security. They close their eyes and they never come out. It's called a coma. Here I am within 10 minutes, closing my eyes, going into certain death, And I hear an audible voice talk to me. He said, son, if you close your eyes, you will never awake again. As I looked, there was no one there. I had no idea this was God. I found out later the Bible says, my sheep hear my voice. But I was what you call a black sheep. (laughs) Any black sheep sneaking here this morning? (laughs) What a complete waste of time. We might as as well go down to the local pub and have a crack there. So here I am. I was a complete black sheep. I had no belief in God. I certainly didn't believe he existed. So why would God speak to a heathen like me? I found out later that Jesus goes looking for the lost sheep. Awesome. But you've got to know you're lost before you get found. I thank God he loves us even when we're still sinners. Wow. That's, an, that's an incredible love. Even if you're cursing him, he still loves you. Whether you respond to it or not, he still cares for you. God is an incredible heart of love. I stood up and tried to hobble down the road. Because I had my sweats on and my t shirt, they must have thought that I was drunk. As I staggered towards these um, taxi drivers, they could see me and they thought I was drunk. I said, I'm not drunk. I've been stung by Sark Ombisarp jellyfish. Can you take me to the hospital? The Indian taxi driver said, We can. Uh, how much money will you pay us? I said, Money? I'm dying, man. How much money? I said, 50, 100 US. Uh, And they said, well, let me see your money and I take you. Well, I didn't have any money on me, obviously, because I was diving. As I said, I have no money. All three men walked away laughing. I thought, what am I going to do? Then I heard the voice for a second time. It said, son, will you beg for your life? I turned around to see where he was. Again, the invisible man. I thought, beg for your life? That's a brilliant idea. I hadn't thought of it. (laughs) I'm sure these Indians have not seen white men beg in this part of the world. So I fell to my knees lifted my paralyzed hand and began to plead for my life. As I'm begging for my life, I watched two walk, but fortunately the third one stopped and came over and helped me. I found out that if man won't humble himself, God loves him enough to bring him to his knees. He can break a man. How many wives sometimes need that to happen to their husband? (laughs) How many men know they're never wrong? So I, I was helped into a taxi, and as these men are taking, this man's taking me to the hospital. He's asking me what my hotel room number is. He's a smart taxi driver. He's thinking dropping it at, ho- at the hospital. No way of getting the 100 bucks. So I said, "Look, I don't stay in a hotel. I live with a Creole fisherman in Tamarin Bay. He said, "You stay Tamarin Bay Hotel?" I said, "No, I don't stay in the hotel. I live with a fisherman." He got very upset because he, I didn't seem to be the normal tourist. So he pulled into the village where I lived and said, I'm not taking you further. The tourists look after you. Get out of my cab now. i take you no further. I tried to get out to find the poison had now paralyzed both legs. I said, sir, I can't walk. Please help me or I'll die. I have a large amount of money. He took the safety belt off, opened the door and pushed me straight out of his taxi. As I hit the ground, I couldn't believe that a man would do this. As he drove off into the night, I thought, well, I'm not afraid to die. If your number's up, do yourself a favor and die here. Fortunately, the security guards in the hotel had seen the taxi. One of them walked out, shone his torchlight around, and found me in a crumpled heap. I hear the voice of one of my close friends, Danielle. He said, "Kiss a fair man, I never see you like that. what you do on the ground?" I could see his teeth are so beautiful and white. <laughs> he was smiling away. How many have crawled around the car park on a Friday night legless?" <laughs> Is this Australia or I'm um, I've run the wrong country. <laughs> 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 Dear Lord. <laughs> Obviously, just New Zealanders. So here I am. I'm on the ground legless. He thinks I'm stoned or wasted. He's never seen me like this. And as he runs over, smiling and laughing away, his torchlight picks up the blistered, scarred arm. Without even saying, me telling what happened, he said, Invisible, c'est fini. You died with Simone Le Grabs him in his arms and carries him to the hotel. As he carries them in, the owners are sitting by the swimming pool, Chinese family, playing mahjong. These men look at me and they said, oh, you drunk. I'm getting sick of telling people I'm not drunk. I said, I'm not drunk. I've been hit by these jellyfish. Explain it to them. Show them my arm. The, uh, the youngest one stands up and says, oh, you silly boy. Why are you, why are you put the needle in the arm? The old men take opium with pipe. I'm, why do you, you do that? I thought, oh, great. Thank you very much, Dr. Wong. Great diagnosis. <laughs> How many think things but don't dare say them? This is old school. We, we didn't have a clue what we were doing in those years, but we did have a bit of lip. So here I am thinking to myself, mate, this guy thinks I'm chasing the dragon on mainline and heroin. I try and explain to them it's a jellyfish but the Chinese don't normally dive and they don't normally swim, they walk around with umbrellas trying to stay like it, go white like us and we're the dummies going red and going like lobsters, I mean it's just bizarre mate and we pay money to get burnt, you know. <laughs> so here I am with Chinese guys thinking I'm on heroin, they're back to their mahjong game and I'm dying. Next minute my hand began to shake My teeth begin to smash into each other, and I go into what can only be described as the death rattles. As I'm shaking the bits, the three men try and physically restrain me, but I'm throwing them off. I then go, icy cold, I feel death, necrosis, into my core of my bone marrow. I said, I'm freezing to death, can you please help me? I need blankets, I'm freezing. All three ran, two came back with blankets, and the older gentleman must have thought I'd taken a toxin and ingested it. He began trying to pour a glass of milk down my throat. I said, sir, it's not in my stomach, it's in my blood. I need anti-serum. I looked in the car park and saw his Mercedes Benz. I said, sir, can you please take me in your car tonight to the hospital or I'll die in front of you. He looked at his Mercedes, he looked at me, put his hand on my shoulder, he said, oh, my car? No, no, no. Can I take my car? How come you so worry, white man? Wait for ambulance for you. Don't worry. Be happy. You ever felt like hitting someone? I was fairly laid back. I was not a person who'd just get go off. But at this point I've been pushed out of a taxi and now I've got a guy who won't take me in his car. I talked to my friends later who were Chinese and they said, Oh Ian, he was afraid that if you were in his car and you died en route to hospital, very bad luck for family. I said, Very bad luck for him, I was about to hit him. So I'm just about to whack him. The trouble is my hand won't move, it's paralyzed, so I tried my left hand, a little bit of strength, but not enough, so I thought, well, I could grab his shirt, pull him into my forehead, and give him a headbutt. <laughs> Just about to do that, and I hear this voice say, "Son, if you hit him, the toxin's so close to your heart, the adrenaline rush will kill you." Oh shoot! Who's this flippin' <laughs> voice? It's most likely true. If I whack him, I might die. I thought, well, I could look away, control my anger, and get him later. Plan B. <laughs> so I turned away. I thought, if I survive this, you're history, Jack. You better flip him over and make it or rip your head off. How many know sometimes you just can't look at someone because you'll lose the plot? How many have ducked a few plates at times? You know. <laughs> How many have wound your wife up so much she's chasing you? <laughs> can't catch me, but <laughs> what a very wonderful holy bunch of people we've got here! <laughs> Incredible. You've never fought. You've never thrown anything. You've never upset. Oh, well, I don't know what marriage you got, mate. <laughs> very kind woman around here. So here I am, I am. Look, I've been doing this for 35 years. It so just helped me. So I'm, I'm looking away, contemplating what I'll do to him. And next minute into the car park comes an ambulance. My friend Danielle had, se- had called the hospital. He realized how serious it was. As they got me into the ambulance and they raced me to the hospital, I started to see, this is your life. I thought, my gosh, just like a small kid with blonde hair. Then I saw my whole life flash before me. I thought, this happens before you die. I thought, if I died right now, is there life after death or nothing? I thought, well, I'm an atheist, evolutionist. I'm convinced that when you die, cessation of life, the worms get you, it's all over. There's nothing out there. I thought, but I have been wrong before. <laughs> How many have been wrong before? So part of me was a gambling atheist. The gambler's going, you have been wrong before, and you're playing Russian roulette, son. You've heard enough isms, Buddhism, Taoism, humanism, Darwinism, Catholicism. I'm lying there going, well, which one is it? How many know when you die and you'd like to know the truth? How many actually make sure that the horse is in the race and you've got all your chips up on the one number, you know? So I lay there and I thought, well, I don't know. I'll soon find out. Every man, his dog thinks their religion's the right one. I really don't know. So as I'm lying there what, thinking about this, death, mine, suddenly, on the, instantly inside that ambulance, a, a person appears on her knees with her hands like this. I then see my mum. Oh yeah. She's 85 years of age still. She's so excited to have us home. She's prayed for me every day of my life. I wish I was that faithful that I prayed for her. I tell you what, what an amazing way this dear woman's praying for me unbeknown to me my mum who's the only Christian in the family and I try to convert her many times thank God she didn't listen to me <laughs> she's praying she's seen my face God has spoken to her audibly and said your elder son Ian is nearly dead pray for him now how many mothers know when their children are in trouble and they can be a million miles away how many men wouldn't have a clue what's going on well, my dad didn't have a clue what was going on, but my mum's was on her knees in her bedroom crying out to God as if the whole world was about to fall apart. It was for her. Her son was about to die. And she appears in that ambulance. Thank God for intercessory prayer. Thank God he can move to the other side of the world. You know what? He's looking for someone who's willing to pray. And my mum began to pray. She appears. She said, Ian, no matter how far from God you may be, son no matter what you've done wrong in your life, young man, if you call out to God from your heart, God will hear you and God will forgive you. I thought, forgive me, it'll be too late, mom. And who is God? There's so many out there. Who is the true living God? I said, God, if you exist, I need to see to believe. Show me your face and I'll pray. As I lay there, no face appeared except my mother. I thought, well, mother is not God. (laughs) But she prays to Jesus Christ. Could she be praying to the true living God? How many hate it when your mother's right? (laughs) How many hate it when anyone else is right other than you? So I there and I thought, well, my mother could be right. She has such an incredible sense of peace about her, such a purity and a love that she's given me hope that there's something good left on the planet. And if there is a living God, I tell you what, this dear woman is one person I could point to. How many have heard of godly people? How many have seen them? I've seen some of the old people in my country, you didn't have to ask about what they believed. Their skin looked like children. There was an innocence in their eyes. And they used to hold hands, and they're 80 year olds. I thought, my God, where are these people gone? There's so few of them left in my country. And my mum was one of that generation. I call them saintly or godly. Most people were corrupted. How about you? I lay there in that ambulance. I thought, my mum praised Jesus Christ. When I was a little boy, she used to teach me to pray the Our Father's Prayer. How many prayed that one? I thought, there's nothing wrong with praying that. I could be wrong. Why not? I began to try and pray it, and my mind went completely blank. As I lay there, my mum said, Ian, not from your head. You pray to God from your heart, son. Don't call out from your mind. I'd so relied upon my intellect. I said, my heart, mum, it's like stone. I'm so cynical. I'm so hardened. I don't even know if there's anything good in there. But God, if you hear me, I feel like a hypocrite praying, having denied your existence all these years. But if you can see anything good in this man, if there's anything good, please help me to pray. I can't remember the simplest of prayers. Suddenly words appeared in front of me, forgive us our trespasses and sins. I said, I have committed so many sins of being there and done that, God. If you can forgive me, I sincerely ask you to forgive me all of my sins. I have no time to listen because there are so many. The words disappeared. Fresh words came up. Forgive those who trespass and sin against you. I said, I can forgive anyone, God, no matter what they've done to me. I'm not a revengeful man by nature. As I said that, the Indian taxi driver appeared in front of me. I thought, like, what the is he doing here? The voice said, will you forgive this? Indian taxi driver for pushing you out of his car tonight and leaving you for dead. But you must be joking. Why should I? Suddenly the Chinese hotel owner appeared. The voice said, Will you forgive this man for not taking his car tonight and leaving you to die in the hotel? I said, Actually, forgiveness was not the top of the list. I was going to lay my hands upon them. <laughs> but not like the priest. Oh, God bless you, my son. <laughs> Problem breathing, Jack? So I lay there dying, and I'm now confronted with a person who's been talking to me all night, and he is talking directly through the Our Father's Prayer, the Lord's Prayer. How many know that could be God? Have you got anyone on your hit list? I thought there's a huge number of people underneath the tip of the iceberg here. If I don't forgive them, I won't get any more of the prayer. This has got to come from my heart. How many know it's easy to say, I forgive you, but not mean it? Have you met people to say that? You walk past them the next day when they say, Oh, yeah, I forgive you, mate, and you can see the, the, the cloud with the lightning bolts, man. And you walk back and you feel the knife go through you, and oh, I tell you, I lay there and I thought, I'm talking to God. I have to forgive. I said, God, I don't want to, but if you can forgive me, I'll forgive these men. I'll never touch them. I'll never lay my hands upon them. I'll let them go. Instantly, their faces disappeared. Jesus said, if you don't forgive others who have sinned against you, your heavenly Father won't forgive you the sins against him. Your unforgiveness, your bitterness and hatred nullifies your repentance. In fact, you will not be forgiven unless you forgive others. I mean, that's a very serious thought. I mean, Jesus hung on the cross, dying, having been crucified, he said, Father... Forgive them. How many know that's a pretty and amazing kind of forgiveness? <laughs> forgive even those who kill them. Though they kill me, though they flay me, I'll still forgive. And so I was stoning Stephen to death, young, young believer, what happens? He said, he looked up and said, forgive them. Wow. Yeah, forgive them, Lord. Next minute, the more words came up. Thy will be done on earth as it is in heaven. I thought, that's God's will. I've never done God's will. Whatever he's doing in heaven looks nothing like my lifestyle on earth. I said, God, I have never given my life to you. But if you can hear me, I humble myself. I surrender the will of my life over to you. Your will be done. I will follow you all the days of my life. I need a miracle to come through this. Please hear the cry of my heart. I'm so arrogant. And I'm so wrong. Next minute, the whole of the Lord's prayer appeared before me. As I read it for the first time, I understood what it meant and prayed it deep from within my spirit. The moment I'd finished the prayer, a peace entered my heart that has not left me in 35 years. The Bible says, how do we make peace with God? Through his son, who is the Prince of Peace. Peace I give you, not of this world. I thought, I wonder how many men just like me in their dying moments, total unbelievers, find God in their dying seconds. So don't you ever judge anybody where they've gone. You don't know who's praying for them. And you have no idea how God can save them. I said, God, time slowed down on that ambulance. It was almost as though time went into slow motion. He said, Ian, I'm eternal. I'm outside of time. I have the ability to slow time down because I know sometimes it's the last chance that these guys have to find me. I've seen guys in head-on collisions, people in war. All of them will tell you time slows down as it's coming towards them more grace in those dying moments than perhaps your entire life. Because after death comes judgment. As I finished praying, the ambulance doors opened and I found myself in the uh, accident emergency. As they tried to race me and they they took my blood pressure, couldn't find a pulse, tried tried two machines. Then began slapping my hand, trying to get my my veins up to get a line in, veins are gone. Tried to shove anti-serum into me, couldn't feel a thing. They were talking to me and I could hear them as they're trying to save my life. They said, don't close your eyes, son, or you will die. As I'm hearing them, I realize I can't speak anymore. I know now that people that are on life support systems and in coma can hear every word you say. Because faith comes by hearing. God's left hearing to the last faculty. So if you've got someone in a death situation or on a machine... Don't listen to the doctor say, oh, there's no one there. It's just a vegetable. machine to keeping them alive. If they're alive, they are in there. Their spirit's in there. They can hear you. They can pray. They can respond. You talk to them. If you need to get things right and ask forgiveness, you do that. So many people regret not talking to their loved ones before they die. And I've seen people come out of these comas and out of these machines. God's brought them back. I had no strength. I couldn't keep my eyes open. I shut them. Next minute, the machines monitoring my heart flatlined, and I was pronounced clinically dead. I could feel an incredible release as though something had broken free from my body. I didn't have to fight any longer to stay alive. Unfortunately, I didn't know fully that I was at that point totally clinically dead, brain dead. How many have heard of people looking down upon their bodies, and they have to be up in the ceiling of the hospital, and they can see and hear all that's going on? How many heard that? Jesus said an amazing statement. He said, I am the resurrection and the life. Those who believe in me, even though they die, yet they shall live. That's an amazing statement, isn't it? Even though you die, yet you shall live. What had just died? The physical body. But the spirit leaves the body and returns to God. Your soul, your inner person is alive and very much alive. In a split second, I was out of the hospital and found myself in complete and total darkness. Pitch black. I turned around wondering why it was so dark, thinking I'd woken up in the hospital. I thought my pupils were dilated, couldn't see anything, so I thought, well, don't freak out, just find the light switch. You ever slept at a friend's place and needed to go to the the dunny? Anyone done that? (laughs) How many have walked into walls and gone down staircases? You know, boom, 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 boom. So I'm trying to find the wall, couldn't find it. I thought, well, where the heck's my hospital bed? Should be a lamp near it. Oh, great, now you've lost your bed, you idiot. How on earth did you do that? I'm groping around looking for my hospital bed, can't find it. I thought, it was so dark in here, you can't see your hand in front of your face. So I bring my right hand towards my face, and my hand goes straight through it. I thought, you can't miss your face, two hands. Both hands go straight through my face. I thought, where's my chest? Nothing. My hands, nothing. I thought, how can you feel that you are here, but when you go to touch it, it's not? Then I distinctly remember how my grandfather had fought in the war, Gallipoli, and then fought fought in Egypt. And men had come back from battle, and they had no legs, arms missing. And these old soldiers will tell you they could feel the limb was still there. How many have heard of that? I realized then I'd not only lost a leg, I lost my entire body, but I was still there. There's life after death. I'm thinking, if I'm dead out of my body, where on earth am I? Then I could feel the most incredible evil... As though something was looking at me, a cold encroaching presence. Like the darkness was spiritual, not just physical. Then I heard a man to my right say, shut up. I went, shut up? I said, nothing. When someone screamed at me in those years, I would defend myself. Next minute, another man to my left. You deserve to be here. I said, deserve to be, where am I? Another man, you're in hell. Now you shut up. I thought, hell? I don't believe in it. If this is hell, where's the party? How I many know it'd be very hard to grab a, a, a stubby, you know? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Very hard to find a bong, wouldn't it? How many know it'd be very hard to have sex? Can't touch this. <laughs> I thought of sex, drugs, and rock and roll. Everything you can't do up here, you can do down here, and I beat the mosh party. I'm standing here realizing that I'm literally outside of my physical form. Then I'm thinking, well, isn't it supposed to be rotting corpses? How many have heard that, when the worm won't devour the flesh? Maggots trying to eat corpses, Dante's Inferno. Then I realize, well, my rotting corpse is back in that hospital. This is a spiritual place. How many have heard that, I think Paul the Apostle in Galatians said, the fruit of the flesh is what? Immorality, drunkenness, adulteries. How many know that they're the desires of a man's heart? But if you have no physical body, you can't fulfill them. Jesus only spoke in parables or in what? Mysteries. Can you understand that? The worm will not devour the flesh, he's talking about the desires of your evil flesh, you can't fulfill them. You're going quiet on me. <laughs> then I'm thinking to myself, well where's the little boys with the horns, red jumpsuit and the trident pitchfork, putting another one on the barbie, why is there no fire? But I'd never read a Bible and didn't realize that actually fire and brimstone, the lake, when Lucifer gets chucked into it, and that only happens when Christ returns in Revelations chapter 20, it says that he'll be tormented day and night by the fire in Revelations 20 verse 10. In other words, he hates the fire. Can you get a picture of Lucifer hating the fire? Why would he hate the fire? Because God is an all-consuming fire. How did he judge Sodom and Gomorrah? Fire and brimstone from heaven. How did he lead the, lead the children of Israel by the pillar of fire? God is a refining fire. Amen. Daniel 7 says that God sits upon a throne of fire and there's a river of fire flowing beneath him. It says that Jesus' eyes are a flame of fire, which means his soul's on fire. On the day of Pentecost, we were baptized in the Holy Spirit and fire. So the fire is actually the manifest presence of God. you are going quiet again on me read Ezekiel 28:18. How did God judge Lucifer in the heavenly realm? He put fire in the midst of his angelic body and turned it to ash. That's why we don't fight against angels that have got flesh and blood. They're fallen angels called demons and these demon or jinn actually have no physical form. That's why the Bible says we don't fight against flesh and blood. We fight against principalities and powers of, of darkness because fire gives off light and darkness is the absence of light. Does that make any sense to you? So I'm standing in this darkness realizing not fire and brimstone because that's actually God's presence. It's a kingdom of darkness. Acts 26, 18 says there's a kingdom of darkness ruled by Satan, but there's a kingdom of light ruled by Jesus. Well, I'm standing here going, well, God should have thrown the key away on me. Perhaps he sent me to hell. As I'm standing there, I I sense like that nothing can touch me. The Bible says the Lord is my shepherd. I shall not want, even though I walk, through the valley of the shadow of death, I shall fear no, for thou art with me. In fact, Christ in me, the hope of glory. Who had I made Lord and shepherd of my soul before I died? Jesus Christ. The Lord's Prayer. Where was I walking? Through the valley of the shadow of death. let say, surely goodness and mercy shall follow me all the days of my life, and I shall dwell where? In the house of the Lord forevermore. The Bible actually says nothing can separate me from the love of God. Can life or death, principality or power? Not even Lucifer can separate me from the love of God, because greater is he within me than he's within the world. Even if I descend into the lower regions of Sheol, darkness is as light to the Lord, because where can we go from his presence? Do you realize that Jesus actually was there for three days and three nights in Hades, in hell? And what did he take back? The keys of death in Hades. How would you like to have the keys to get out? And we know the whole world lies in the power of Satan and the evil one. It's like hell on earth. But Jesus said, "I've come to take you home. My kingdom's not of this world. If it was, my my servants would have fought for me." He said, "I am not of this world. My kingdom's not of this world. But this earth and this heaven will pass away. But my word won't. And I am the word of God made flesh. And I go and prepare a place for you. It's not of this world." Your alien sojourners passing through this world. So I'm standing there realizing the evil can't touch me. I've had a revelation of the kingdom of darkness. Next minute, pure light shines into it. Scriptures say those walking in darkness have seen a great light. Light shines in the darkness, and the darkness flees. Why? Because God can penetrate even the abyss. He even said that when I die, it'll be like Jonah. Jonah spent three days and three nights in the belly of a fish, so Jesus said I'm going to spend three days and three nights in the belly of the earth what do you think the belly of a fish looks like? molten fire or darkness? Just a thought, so here I am I'm in complete darkness in the abyss in the depth of, of the bowels of Hades and next minute pure light passes into the as it shines upon me I feel my entire body weightless and I get caught up into the air how many can't wait for Jesus to return? those who are alive will be caught up into the air to be with him I find myself being lifted up into this light. I then see far above me a tunnel of light. It's as though there's a passageway that's between the two kingdoms. Wow. Jesus said an amazing statement. He said, small and narrow is the way that leads to the kingdom of God. Few find it. Most find the broad way that leads to destruction. Yeah. Yeah. I remember asking God later, why were they telling me to shut up in darkness? He said, "And what have they got to talk about? Wow. Well, that's a good point. Psalm 31 verse 17 says, let there be silence in Sheol. Psalm 100, and I think it's 131, verse 17 says, The dead don't praise the Lord, nor those who go into silence. In fact, that's why it's weeping a nation of teeth. They don't have teeth. They don't have skeletons. It's a metaphor. It's talking about the anger unresolved, and they have nothing to talk about. Let there be silence in this realm. That's why they're telling people to shut up. Wow. Everyone falling in there going, where am I? Here, turn the lights out. <laughs> shut up. You deserve to be here. Do you realize that everyone in prison believes they're innocent? They all have a story. But they're not interested here in hearing your story. You've been judged. Little do they know that Christ had come into me just before I died. As I've been drawn up in this tunnel of light, waves of light come towards me. The first wave of light, comfort. The next wave of light, peace. The next wave of light, joy. I tried southern comfort and a few other forms of stuff. <laughs> Mate, this was absolute living light. Thank God the fruit of the Holy Spirit is what? Comfort, Amen. peace, <laughs> and joy. <laughs> As it touches me, I'm going, that's extraordinary. I wonder if I can see my form in the light. In the darkness, I couldn't see my hand in front of my face. I turn my hand, head to the right and I see to my amazement um, hands no longer bone and flesh but transparent, wow. spirit-like. How many have heard that flesh and blood will not inherit the kingdom of God? when you die your spirit leaves your body your bones and flesh don't make it to hell and they don't make it to heaven and it says god who's the father of light shall transform us mortality will take on immortality first the natural man then the heavenly first the earthly then the spiritual god who is the father of light will transform us to be sons and daughters of light how would you like to see your hand transparent and look through it now I know why men have lost limbs and, and, and legs and people are quadriplegics. When they die, guess what? They're walking out. Wow, that's great. People who are born blind can see. People who are deaf can hear. There's no sickness, no disease, no death. Okay. How many can't wait to get a new body? <laughs> <laughs> I can't wait, man. Because God won't just leave your spirit naked. It says he'll clothe us in a heavenly body yeah. that will never die. And we'll be revealed as sons and daughters of the Most High God, sons of God. As I moved down the tunnel of light, I thought, I want to see more. As I did, I came out into a kingdom of light, so bright, so enormous, that the tunnel made it look incredibly small, unrestricted access to this radiance. As I'm standing there, I'm thinking, what is this? Is this some innate power, or is there something in there? Then I heard a man speak from the light. He said, Ian, do you wish to return? The moment I heard his voice, I knew it was the person who led me through the Lord's Prayer and spoke to me on the beach. I thought, return where? Where? I looked back, and here was a tunnel going back into hell. I thought, am I dead out of my body? Is this real? Or am I tripping out with endorphins, lying in a near-death situation, and it's all taking place in my head? Little did I know that I'd been wheeled to the morgue, that it wasn't near death. I was dead, brain dead, heart dead. So I said, if I'm out of my body and dead, I wish to return. I don't know where I am. He said, Ian, you must see in a new light if you return. I said, are you the true light? He said, Ian, God is light, and in him there is no darkness at all, 1 John 1.5. As he spoke these words, I thought, God is light? I don't even believe in God. But look at this light, no darkness at all. I've just come from a kingdom of darkness, and the man called it hell. I thought hell was a, people talked about hell to scare them. I thought all religions were based in fear. But there's a real hell, and there's a real being called God. Look at this light. Oh, that if that's him in the light, he must know my name. He knows my thought. He must see everything. Someone has made a dreadful mistake and beamed the wrong person up. (laughs) I should go back to hell where I belong. I began to move back towards the darkness. Waves of radiant light came towards me. As it touched me, pure, unconditional love and acceptance flooded me. I said, God, you can't love me. I've cursed you. More love. I said, I've broken your commandments. More and more love. I thought, well, I should tell them the whole lot just in case if I get in there, they find out they got the wrong man. I might as well chuck him out. So I might as well tell the whole lot now. When you get married, you might as well tell your wife the whole lot before you get married, mate. Right? She's going to dump you. She can dump you before you say, I do. So I stood there and I said, I have slept around and taken a heap of drugs. I opened up the whole lot. And more love. I said, you can't love me. You can't accept me. The love got so strong, something inside busted, and I began to sob like a little boy. I hadn't cried since I was 12, and I sobbed and sobbed and sobbed. As I tried to stop it, it got worse. How many have had that happen? I I was shaking. I was weeping. And the Lord said to me, Ian, when you prayed the Lord's Prayer in the ambulance and asked me to forgive your sins, I didn't just forgive some. I forgave all your sins. What can wash away our sins? nothing but the blood of Jesus. Though my sins be scarlet red, he'll make them as white as snow. I stood there for the first time knowing what the amazing grace of God was. I wasn't baptized in water. I wasn't speaking in tongues. I was saved by the blood of Christ, washed as white as snow. Thank God, you do need to get baptized in water if you aren't dead, you know, and you do need to get filled with the Holy Spirit. And I stood there and I was absolutely amazed. I opened my eyes and I was encased in pure love, two to three feet around me. I realized the light of this glory was full of the fruit of the Spirit. The light of this glory was full of love. And the light around me was so small, it says all men fall short of the glory of God. But the Holy Spirit glorifies the Son. How would you like to have stepped in now to see? I said, God, I'm so close. Could I see you face to face? I walked into this light. As I did, the light began to heal my broken heart. I began to cry even more, but this time I wasn't sad. I was actually happy. I didn't know a man could be happy and cry. I just didn't know that. I I'm so healed, so touched. My mother couldn't get there. No girlfriend could get this close. I'd given my heart to so many girls looking for love and ended up with lust, sex, and a broken heart. Here, I felt the most extraordinary love heal my heart. As I walked in deeper, the first thing I saw was a man's bare feet, dazzling white robes coming down to his ankles. Chest of a man, arms outstretched. He was clothed in robes of light made up of this incredible cloud that i just walked through. As I looked towards his face, I was taken back. The light emanating from his face was the source of all the light in the universe, seven to ten times brighter, shining out of the face, literally was pure light. As I looked, I thought it didn't hurt my eyes. I thought, that must be God. He has the form of a man, arms of love reaching out towards me, but he has the face of God. Look at his face. It's like looking into eternity within eternity. It's as though I'm looking in, if, if he spoke galaxies, star systems will come out of him. Now, I knew Jesus to be the Son of Man. I had no idea that he was God. In fact, the scriptures say when you've seen the face of Jesus, you've, you've seen the glory of the Father revealed in the face of Christ. That he is the exact representation of the invisible God. And his hair, instead of being brown like we see in most paintings, his hair was pure white down to his shoulders. I was in awe. I had never read a Bible, but afterwards I read in Daniel seven, it says that the ancient of days, his vesture was, uh, his head and his hair were white like wool like snow. It says he sat upon a throne of fire and it says one like the son of man was presented to him and he was given dominion and authority which would last forever. Then in Revelations one, John the apostle said, I saw him one like the son of man, but his head and his hair were white like wool, like snow. His face shone like the sun in full strength. I think so often in Christendom, we're looking at Jesus as an historical person, as the son of man. Many of the churches ours and in, the traditional churches, had him Jesus, the baby, or the crucified dead one. A dead savior doesn't talk. Many people were kissing in my church, the dead one still on the cross. Thank God he's no longer dead. Thank God he's risen and is glorified. And he is the sacrifice. His blood enables us to come in. He was like Abraham offered up a son, remember that? God said, I will provide a lamb on the same mountain Mount Moriah in modern day Jerusalem is exactly where Jesus Christ was crucified. Behold the lamb of God who takes away the sins of the world. The, cat, the blood of goats and cows can't do it. No other sacrifice. He said, I so love you that I will lay down myself in sacrifice. That's why God so loved the world. He sent his son to die. But death could not hold him down because you can't kill God. He took sin upon his flesh. His spirit was without sin. So that's why when he died, his spirit full of light went down into the abyss and took back from Lucifer the keys of death and Hades. And every demon in hell would have had to bow and say, Jesus Christ is Lord. I'm standing in the midst of him, his hands are outstretched, his face shining like the sun. I spoke this in Taiwan about 18 months ago, and this young girl, Chinese girl, listened to me. She, With her graphic art, she gave this to me. I think we need more artists to start getting Christ glorified of the heavenly realm. To you realize that he is the light at the end of the tunnel? He is the light of the world. Inside the radiance is the glorified Son of God. I was blown out. I walked towards him, light came from his face, purity, holiness emanated from him. I felt innocent like a child. In fact, when I got married on my honeymoon, I felt as though I'd never had sex before in my life. I thought, that's just amazing. How, God, could you restore my child, my innocence and my purity? He said "Son, because I'm a pure, holy God. All that had been taken had been restored. He makes all things good for those who love him. I stood up and walked close to him. I tried to see his face. And as I tried to see his face, he stepped to one side as if he didn't want me to see his face. I now know if I saw his face, I would have to remain. Because without faith, it's impossible to please God. It says, no man f- sees the face in God and lives. But those who die and see his face will see him face to face in glory. So I stood there and he moved to one side. It was like a door of light. Jesus said, I am the door. <laughs> As he stepped aside, what struck me behind him, instead of pearly gates and clouds with people with white sheets and plain harps and fat little Italian babies with puffed up cheeks, foreign flipping Cupid arrows. How many had those in your church? Thank God angels can't have sex with each other and provide little babies anyhow. So I stood there I couldn't believe it. I am looking upon a whole new planet. I see the light of, of, upon the pasture. I look and I see flowers and I see the most beautiful colors as though I'm standing in a garden of Eden. I look in and I can see mountains and blue sky. Everything is untouched. It's brand new. I'm, dr- I'm drinking it and I'm going, look at that. See a crystal clear river. It's, and God's saying, this is the river of life. He said, I've created a new earth. I mean, what? He said, I've created a new earth. This earth will pass away. How many know this earth's going to pass away? Some of you are not sure. You think he's going to remodel this one? How many know he makes all things new? He said, I go and prepare a place for you. If it wasn't so, I wouldn't have told you. I see a new earth. Above it is a new heaven. And guess what? There's a new Jerusalem too. Revelation 21, the old earth and the old heaven had passed away. But behold, a new heaven, a new Jerusalem, a new earth. God will come down on a new earth. Absent from the body, present with the Lord. I can't wait to get back. As I stood there, Jesus stepped right back in front of me and he said, Ian, now that you've seen, do you wish to remain here or do you wish to return? What would you do? Silver water or the river of life, no death, no sickness and no disease. Forget the silver water, mate, it's golden. It's crystal clear, comes straight from the throne of God. You can drink that. You'll never, ever, ever have to drink another drink again in your life. This might feel like heaven and earth, but trust me, it's not. I've been here to live up in Blacktown (laughs) not exactly Silverwater it's Blacktown (laughs) don't you speak about Blacktown it's a great place so here I am I am literally standing in the presence of God I'm home I thought I should have been born here in the first place and Jesus is asking me do you want to stay here or go back I said stay here I don't want to return apocalypse now World War 3 he said didn't say anything i said he needs more convincing i said i'm not married I have no children or none that i know of please let me in he didn't move and i said no one loves me no one to go back for i look back to say goodbye cruel world And right behind me was my mum. Wow. Wow. the moment i saw her i thought there is one person who loves me one person who prays for me everything she said is true there's a heaven there's a hell there is a living god if I stepped through the door, it would close and I could never come back. I thought, who would tell my mum that her son made it? No one, no doctor, no ambulance driver. How could I destroy my mum? It would break her heart to think her son went straight to hell. Who would tell her there was no diary, there's no evidence, no letter, nothing to say he'd become a Christian. I said, I must go back and tell this dear woman what she believes in is real. I don't know how I came here, but I'll find this place and come back again. And so whether any of you believe me or not, I've found out where that place is. It's in here. And I can't wait to go back. I told my mum next time I die, don't pray for me. (laughs) Just leave me alone. They can watch it on YouTube. You're more famous when you're dead anyhow. (laughs) God said, you must see with a new light if you return. Things with a new light from his heavenly perspective. I looked back and I saw my dad and my brother and my sister and hundreds of thousands of people. I said, why are you showing me these people? He said, Ian, most will not come into a church any longer to hear my name. Many have turned away. Will you go back and tell them? I said, but God, I don't love them. I don't know these people. He said, Ian, I love them. I desire all of them to come to know me. So in the past 35 years, I've found a love that's changed my heart. It isn't just to see my family saved. It isn't just to see my family go to heaven. It's to see every other family. Every other brother and sister. I may never meet and know them, mate, but I know that they have mums and brothers that God wants to get them there too. How are they here unless someone tells them? Who will go for him? Who will go and speak? Isaiah said, I'm a man of unclean lips, and God cleansed him with his holiness, with fire from the throne. Coals of fire, and he said, here I am, Lord, send me. I said, how do I go back into my body? He said, tilt your head, open your eye and see. I was suddenly back in a morgue on a slab back in my physical body. Doctors and nurses freaking out as I came back to life. I've been dead for fifteen to twenty minutes. I said, "God, can you heal me and enable me to walk out of the hospital?" I walked out of the hospital, and as I walked out, the fisherman f- scared thought I was a ghost. I then flew back to New Zealand, as I'm flying back to New Zealand, I said, "God, what's happened to me?" He said, "You're a reborn Christian." I said, "I've never heard of it." He said, "You must be born again, and when you prayed in that ambulance, you were born again of my Spirit." I said, what must I do now? He said, read a Bible, son. I said, I don't have a Bible. He said, your father's got one. And in six weeks, I read the entire Bible from Genesis to Revelations. My mother came in and wept when she told told me how she had been praying. We put the times together. And what was it? Intercessory prayer literally had brought through a major miracle in my life. I said, God, what can I do now? He said, continue to pray and seek my face. He said, there is an open heaven before you. He said, the book of Revelation, John, was not dead when I took him up. I want you to learn how to access the throne room. I want you to learn how to be caught up in the spirit. And so I've been trying to do that for 30-odd years, is to see and, and understand the person of Christ and to hear and do what he's doing. My heart's desire is that, like God, everyone would come to know him. So I pray that today somehow my testimony would touch you. And somehow you'd have a revelation of Jesus' arms reaching out to you. He is God. He took on human form. And He is alive, not dead. He loves you. How many people have sinned and really messed up and really stuffed up? If you haven't put your hand up, you're a liar. <laughs> or you have a paralyzed arm. Because <laughs> God said all men have sinned, every single person. How many know that levels the playing field? Who paid for your sins? The Bible says there's only one, one person, Jesus Christ himself, the Lamb of God who takes away the sins of the world. Can you ask him to forgive you today? If you can, he will wash you as white as snow. Take your sins and cast them to the sea of forgetfulness and you will be born again. But he requires you to do what? Forgive others. How many have been ripped off, abused, and messed up by other people? God says forgive them. The third thing is lordship. Those who call upon the name of the Lord shall be saved. Romans chapter 10, if you believe in your heart, confess with your mouth that Jesus Christ is Lord, you shall be saved. Isn't that amazing?